98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. The Liberal Party says an overhaul of mortgage requirements is long overdue. Carrie Lam talks up her changes to housing policy and key meetings are due to begin in Beijing to resolve the Sino-US trade dispute. The leader of the Liberal Party says the government is long overdue in reducing the down payment needed to buy a flat. Felix Chung was responding to comments over the weekend from Financial Secretary Paul Chan, who said he'd consider relaxing mortgage requirements. Mr Chung believes any changes should target everyone, not just first-time buyers. He also believes special rates should be given to parents who help pay the deposit for their children. Right now, a lot of the young people, they cannot afford to pay the mortgage and need the help from the parents. So if we can prove that the property buy from the parents is for, for, their, for the children, I mean, that can be uh, a kind of policy to let them, um, give them a better rate or better mortgage rate to let the parents to help the children. The government says it has no plans to include a person's sexual orientation on the list of questions in the next population census in 2021. During a LegCo meeting, the roundtable's Michael Tien said authorities should consider doing so because such information would help in policymaking. But the Commissioner for Census and Statistics, Leslie Tang, explained why the government won't do so. He spoke through an interpreter. There are many suggestions that they should be included in our data topics. The CS&D is our professional department. In our view, we the most important thing is to provide accurate data for different sectors of the community to use. Given the current sentiment in society, I believe for questions related to sex minorities, I don't think we can get accurate data on that. My assessment is that our information obtained cannot be accurate. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam says her decision last year to delink the prices of subsidised homes from the market rate was part of a complete overhaul of housing in the city and she's been told it was a bold move compared with others' efforts over past decades. In an interview to be shown on Open TV tonight, Mrs Lam says the government is committed to making sure affordable flats are available to the public. Asked about her time in office so far, she says, although it's a tough job, she's satisfied with her performance. Separately, Mrs Lam has paid her respects to the late Bishop Michael Yeung by signing a book of condolence at Caritas House. A deputy director of Beijing's liaison office, Tan Tian Yu, also signed. Bishop Yeung died from liver failure at the age of 73 on Thursday. The book of condolence is available for the public to sign from today until Wednesday. One woman who fought back tears when she remembered the late bishop. To us, as you know, he spent all his life... Sorry, can't see. Because he spent all his life in our church as well as, you know, to all our Catholics. We need to respect him no matter what. I think that is God's assignment. And all because he suddenly died. That really shocked us. The West Kowloon Court has heard that Democratic Party member Howard Lamb took a minibus to Sai Kung on his own on the 10th of August 2017 instead of being forced into a van in Mong Kok, as he has claimed. 
A detective constable, who was tasked to go through CCTV footage, told the court that prior to getting on the bus, Mr Lamb spent about two and a half hours shopping for football shirts and walking around. Mr Lamb is being tried for making a false report to the police over his kidnap claims. He had told a press conference that he was tortured by mainland agents by having staples fired into his thighs before being dumped half-naked on a cycling beach. Talks aimed at bringing an end to the Sino-US trade war are starting in Beijing today and will continue tomorrow. A US delegation is in the capital for the first face-to-face discussions since early last month. Ahead of the talks, President Trump said he believed Beijing wanted to make a deal, as tariffs had hurt China's economy very badly. Our Washington-based economics correspondent, Barry Wood, says the signs for a deal are good. The preliminary talks which go on Monday, Tuesday, are really quite significant. You've got six persons in the United States delegation, but they represent not only the United States trade representative, but treasury, energy, agriculture, commerce. And I think the signs are good. And clearly, if there is progress this week, then we're going to see probably more discussions. And then we will see Donald Trump meet the Chinese vice president in Davos at the end of this month as they're scheduled to talk at the World Economic Forum. Meanwhile, President Trump has described as productive the latest talks between his administration and congressional aides on the government shutdown. But Democrats said they'd again urge the White House to pass measures to reopen the government without funding for his border wall. But Mr Trump insists it's a matter of national security. We're looking at a national emergency because we have a national emergency. Just read the papers. We have a crisis at the border of drugs, of human beings being trafficked all over the world. They're coming through. And we have an absolute crisis and of criminals and gang members coming through. It is national security. It's a national emergency. Democratic Senator Dick Durbin says the shutdown is unnecessary and is affecting people's lives. This is the first president in history who shut down his own government. Uh, Unfortunately, there are going to be people to suffer. Look at those at the airport who are carefully uh, going through uh, the passengers to make sure that they're safe on airplanes. As of next Friday, they'll miss a payday. Uh, That may mean uh, some problems for mortgage payments, uh, problems in balancing the budget of their own families and households. This is totally unnecessary, and that's a point we've made over and over to this president. Let's have this debate on the future of any barrier wall or border security, but not at the expense of critical services for America. The U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton has laid down further conditions for the withdrawal of U.S. troops from Syria as Washington's position continues to evolve. Mr. Bolton said the defeat of the Islamic State group had first to be assured. We're going to be discussing uh, the president's decision to withdraw, but to do so uh, from northeast Syria in a way that makes sure that uh, ISIS uh, is defeated and is not able to uh, revive itself uh, and become a threat again. Uh, and to make sure that the defense of Israel and our other friends in the region uh, is absolutely assured, uh, and to take care of those who have fought with us against ISIS and other terrorist groups. A United Nations report says armed groups around the world are using human trafficking as a means of funding their activities. The report says about 70% of trafficking victims are women. Many are sexually exploited. It also highlights 100 cases of organ removal and cites evidence of traffickers colluding with medical professionals. 
Human Rights Watch has called on the authorities in Thailand to allow a young Saudi woman fleeing her home country to continue her journey to Australia. Rahath Mohammed Al-Kunun has become trapped in Bangkok and says the Thai authorities intend to repatriate her. She says she's renounced Islam and fears being killed by her family if she's forced to return. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. The situation still remains, but as far as she knows, as far as we've heard, the Thai authorities uh, are set, at least for now, on returning her to Kuwait, which is where she flew from at some point. Uh, She, as we've heard, is saying that her life will be in danger if she is put back into the hands of her family. And again, she says that she has papers, but Thai authorities say she doesn't really have travel documents or money that would allow her to continue. She says she has the right documents, and when she gets to Australia, she'd claim asylum. The Palestinian Authority is pulling its staff out of the Rafah border crossing between Egypt and the Gaza Strip in protest at what it called brutal practices against its workers by the rival Palestinian faction Hamas. The move, in effect, closes the main exit point from Gaza, through which most goods pass. More from the BBC's Richard Howells. In a statement, the Palestinian Authority accused Hamas of frequently arresting and abusing its employees at the Rafah crossing. It said there was little point in continuing to post officials there, as Hamas seemed intent on fomenting division. For its part, Hamas said the PA's decision to withdraw its staff showed President Mahmoud Abbas's intention to divide the Fatah-controlled West Bank from Gaza completely. The impoverished territory relies heavily on traffic through the Rafah crossing and its de facto closure will only increase the misery of Gaza's inhabitants. The Electoral Commission in the Democratic Republic of Congo has appealed to the public to be patient amid mounting concern at its failure to announce the results of Sunday's presidential election. The head of the commission, Corniel Nagar, confirmed provisional results wouldn't be released as scheduled because authorities had received only just over half the tallies from the DRC's polling stations so far. On the 3rd of January, we processed 20% of tally sheets. This now stands at 53%. As we wait for all the tallies, we ask the public to remain patient until all the data have been processed. Indian scientists have held a rally in Bangalore in protest at pro-Hindu nationalist academics who make ludicrously unscientific claims. Some speakers at the annual Indian Science Congress, inaugurated by the Prime Minister Narendra Modi, dismissed the discoveries of Albert Einstein and said that ancient Hindus had invented stem cell research. Here's the BBC's Ambarasan Etirajan. Hindu mythology and religion-based theories have increasingly become part of the Indian Science Congress agenda. But, academics said, remarks at this year's summit were even more astounding and horrifying than usual. One of the speakers cited an old Hindu text as proof that stem cell research was discovered in India thousands of years ago. Another scientist at the conference said that Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein were both wrong and that gravitational waves should be renamed as Narendra Modi waves. Critics said ancient texts are still to be read and enjoyed. The Mexican Alfonso Cuaron has won the Golden Globe for Best Director for Roma, which also won the awards for Best Foreign Film. Among the nights of the winners were Christian Bale, named Best Actor in a Comedy for his portrayal of the former US Vice President Dick Cheney in the biopic Vice, and one of the hosts of the evening, Sandra Oh, who picked up the Best Actress in a TV Drama Award for a performance in the BBC's Killing Eve.
Financial news now and in currencies, the US dollar trades at 108.12 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 14 cents and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 99 cents. And a short time ago, the Hansing index stood at 25,790, 159 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $46 billion. And now with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung. We start with the NFL playoffs where the Chicago Bears have seen their promising season come to a shocking end. They lost by one point against the Philadelphia Eagles in the wildcard game at Soldier Field. Cody Parkey's 43-yard field goal attempt hit the left upright and then the crossbar with 10 seconds remaining. The home crowd went silent as the Bears lost 16-15. Last season's Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles worked his magic in the fourth quarter. He found Golden Tate in the end zone on fourth and goal and that turned out to be the winning touchdown. The champions now move on to face the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. The LA Chargers held off the Baltimore Ravens 23-17 and will next visit the New England Patriots. Indianapolis will travel to Kansas City and it's Dallas versus the LA Rams. Onto football's Asian Cup, where India have recorded their first win in more than half a century. India opened their campaign in the UAE by thumping Thailand 4-1, picking up their first victory in the competition since 1964. India captain Sunil Chetri scored twice to take his international goals total to 66. That's more than Lino Messi. It's the biggest uh occasion for us. Asia Cup is like World Cup for us, a team like India. We're just making baby steps forward and and, and to come here and give a good account of ourselves is, is, is paramount for me and my country. And I just hope that no matter how many games we play here, we give a good account of ourselves, that we are improving. You know, in, in, in world football, you, don't, you suddenly don't jump numbers. You suddenly don't become a, a top team. You have to have gradual jumps and that's what we are doing. And it's very, very important to keep performing well. In the same group, the host UAE drew one all with Bahrain. China kick off tonight with a Group C match against Kyrgyzstan. That's followed by South Korea versus Philippines. Now to the English FA Cup, where the Premier League sides Leicester City and Fulham have both been beaten in the third round by teams from the fourth tier. Leicester lost 2-1 to Newport County. Fulham were also knocked out 2-1 by Oldham Athletic. Oldham's caretaker manager Pete Weil is himself a supporter of the club. He's now taken them into the fourth round just 10 days after taking charge. Well, that seems to have been the side story, don't it? Which has been great because it's took the pressure off the boys. But yeah, it's rather right, over stuff, isn't it? And it's, it's a remarkable uh, transformation. Um, but one, I'm going to savour, and I've got to, you know, you you've got to savour these moments in life. There was one other upset on Sunday. Non-league Barnet knocked out championship side Sheffield United with a 1-0 win. Manchester City and Watford are safely through to the fourth round. QPR, Doncaster and Millwall have also progressed. And that's your look at sports. Thanks to Adam Chung. And now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. The Liberal Party says an overhaul of mortgage requirements is long overdue. Carrie Lam talks up her changes to housing policy and key meetings are due to begin in Beijing to resolve the Sino-US trade dispute. The news from RTHK.
chip inside her head gets switched to overload. And nobody's gonna go to school today. She's gonna make them stay at home. Daddy doesn't understand it. He always said she was good as gold. And he can see no reasons, 'cause there are no reasons. What reason do you need to be shown? Types to a waging world. Our mother feels so shocked. Father's world is rocked, and their thoughts turn to their own little girl. Sweet sixteen ain't that peachy keen? Now it ain't so neat to admit defeat. They can see no reason. 